What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Life Coach Zach podcast. I'm your host, Zach Rance, certified life coach, certified nutritionist, mental health advocate. I like to bring guests on here that are leaders in their chosen field, whether it's a doctor or nutritionist or maybe just another life coach or spirituality coach. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity that I can share it with you guys. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Life Coach Zach podcast. Today, I'm sitting here with a special guest, Jesse Kanzer, writer and author of Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing. Jesse, how are you doing today? Hi, Zach. Doing good. Awesome. Very cool. So tell us how you don't just sit there and you do nothing. What does that mean? <laughs> sure. So the subtitle is Healing, Chilling, and Living with the Tao Te Ching. And my book, as I was telling you, um, pre, pre-podcast, it's based on my own experiences of finding healing with this ancient ancient philosophy that always leads us back to ourselves. Like throughout this book of, of short verses, it's constantly uh, suggested for us to get still. And I'm a busy mom of two little kids. I write, I do a bunch of other things, but I know that for my wellness, it's important to have moments of doing nothing throughout the day, no matter how busy the day is, I make sure that do nothing could be a five minute practice. Uh, when you have more time, you go for longer. You, mm. It could be meditation, deep breathing, even just to walk with yourself to clear your mind. Amazing. Well said. I mean, meditation has been an invaluable part of my day every single day. And I've been meditating for four or five years and just sitting there without having anything to do, without having anywhere to be, without having anything to accomplish really helps us settle in. So besides meditation, what are some of the exercises in your book or that you like to talk about how people can cultivate more stillness in their life? That's a very good question. Uh, there are 47 chapters in my book with 47 exercises. Uh, it's the last section of each chapter is called Do Your Tao. So Tao Te Ching is the practice, but how can we, I mean, I'm sorry, it's a philosophy, but how can we take it on as a practice? So I do a mix of exercises that folks can do, like that are tangible, and some of them are a different way of thinking. Uh, one of the very important practices for me, I'm, a, I'm an immigrant from the former Soviet Union, just a quick backstory, and that's a very achievement-based culture. And then being an immigrant in America, there's a lot of pressure to achieve the American dream, which I think we're all privy to this pressure, this external pressure to always be achieving, reaching for our goals. And one of the things I suggest kind of in tandem with the practice of stillness is to change the way you think of things. So one of the verses of the Tao Te Ching says, do your work, then step back. The only path to serenity. I think it's super important to keep bringing ourselves back from the outcome-based mentality into the present. Like right now, you and I are speaking, and I love doing this, speaking about spirituality and wellness, I don't have to know where this is going to take me or, or who's going to listen, who's not going to, all of that becomes unimportant. So it's a practice of continually bringing yourself to the present. And one of the ways we do that is like we talked about meditation, which I think is amazing, but I think it could be scary for people who have never done it. Mm -hmm. 
And that's why I say reconnecting with your breath, even just the inhale, exhale, long, long inhale, I'm sorry, deep inhale, long exhale. Doesn't that We're feel just cool? here. That's and it. And this is, this is where we are. That's right. I, I love that. I say it all the time to so many people. Do what you can with what you got from where you're at. Don't focus on the results. Don't worry about the outcome. Focus on the processes and the task at hand. And if you do your best, do what you can with what you got from where you're at every single moment, the results will take care of itself. That's exactly right. The result, like that's that's it. The results take care of themselves. It's not. It's not like what you're doing is saying, I'm. I'm willing to not succeed. You're just not focusing on that. Uh, ironically, the less we stress about the outcomes, usually the better they turn out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, as someone who's been on this uh, mindfulness journey over four or five years, I've been meditating for at least 25 minutes a day consistently. Um, I, I incorporate a lot of mindfulness exercises into my daily life, whether it's when I'm washing my hands, I'm washing my hands because that's what I'm doing. I'm not watching them to get them clean, to cook food, to eat, to get – or, or you know, I'm showering because that's what I'm doing. Not to get clean, to get into bed, yada, yada, yada. And one thing that people don't understand, and I'm still learning, very beginner's mindset, still very early in my journey of mindfulness and spirituality, X, Y, Z, is that you don't just – become mindful one day. It's like, oh, now I'm mindful. Yeah. Now I'm enlightened. Now I have everything figured out and I have peace and joy in my heart. It's something that you have to consistently work at. So, you know, even someone like you who is an expert in, in mindfulness and being still and things like that, what are some ways that you incorporate and live the principles that you write about? I think what you said is so spot on. It's not mindfulness. It's called a practice for a reason. It's not you're never going to get there. I, the beginner's mindset is something I want to have until the, I, the day I die. Because once you, you know, he who knows, who thinks he knows, doesn't. And he who knows that he doesn't know, this is what the Tao says, that's enlightenment, basically. Mm -hmm. Just the state of accepting, I don't know. And there's, how can you learn from life if you're not present? You can't, if you're always rushing to the next thing. So I love what you, what you say. Actually, um, I did that once in one of my, I think Instagram reels or something like that. I literally make everything spiritual. So there's not um, a delineation in my life between, well, this is my life as a mom and uh, you know, all the stuff I have to do. And this is me as a writer. And this is me as spiritual. I think everything we do is spiritual. If we bring that attitude of presence into it. And also developing this ability to watch yourself because we do mess up. We screw up all the time. I mean, like you said, I've been on a mindfulness journey for almost 20 years now and I still, I screw up and kids are such great teachers because they stress you out and they, they test your boundaries all the time and we mess up and that's okay. But when we're able to view ourselves, we can learn from our own mistakes, our own messes, which are daily. 
Absolutely. And that's a, that's a mix of consciousness and awareness, right? Hyper awareness and transcending consciousness, watching the thinker as Eckhart Tolle would say, right? Yeah. Being, I'm not Zach Rance, 31 years old from Palm Beach Gardens, five foot nine, 160 pounds. I'm just the awareness that I'm in this body. Right. I'm, I'm just I'm the mind that's controlling this vessel. If I want to move my left hand up like that, I can do that. If I want to go, you know, run across this country, I can go do that. If I want to jump off a building, I, you can do whatever you want. Right. You're the awareness. And, and that consciousness um, uh, creating and, and cultivating more conscious is super important. So what are some ways that people could develop more consciousness in their life? So, like we said, not everyone's ready for to take on full meditation practice. That's fine. You got to start where you are. Like you say, you start where you are. I urge people to schedule and schedule time. You don't have to call it meditation, but drop somewhere on your calendar, 10 minutes, give yourself 10 minutes and just write, do nothing. Uh, I actually started doing that the busier I got. And you choose what you do during that time. You can sit and I like this this practice of just reading a nonfiction book, reading a book about mindfulness for 10 minutes resets your own mindset in a different way, right? It alters it. You can go for a walk and just look up at the trees and that resets your mindset. And if you can't, if you can't leave your house, you don't have enough time, then use those couple of minutes that you give yourself to look out the window and watch the tree move with the wind and see how mm. go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And you take that. So it's about creating little moments throughout your day before you're ready to start. Listen, I'm sure you and I can give tons of tips of for people who want who are ready to embark on a whole. So I every morning I do breath work followed by meditation followed by journaling. I have a whole process. But if you're Same. just right, right, and mm -hmm. if but if you're just introducing yourself to this idea of stillness, breaths, whenever you feel yourself get really stressed out, stop. Just stop what you're doing. Stop the emails. Focus on your breathing. Another little trick that I like is focusing on your senses. So a lot of times I'm a person who, if I go fast, I tend to be out of my body. I don't, I'm not present with my body. So you stop and you listen to the noise outside and actually really hear it, zone in on that, that brings you back to the present. Then you think about the temperature on your skin. What is it? Is it warm? Is it hot? Is it cold? How does your clothing feel? So these, these little connections, what is the taste in your mouth? Little connections to our physical senses also bring us right back to the present. And anyone can do that. Yep. Yep. You know, I, I think I just had a breakthrough and epiphany. It's, it's all about how many times a day you can bring yourself back to that present moment. You know, how many times a day can you bring yourself back to that present moment? And whether it's taking a deep breath when you're getting in and out of your car, if it's stopping for a second before you walk into your house to be mindful of your thoughts, to be aware of your emotions, to be conscious of your of your feelings. And uh, I talk about meditation all the time to my followers and on my podcast and Meditation for me has is the foundation for my baseline consciousness. And I think that as time goes on, my new baseline just goes up and up and up, 
right? And there are so many different ways to incorporate that presence into your life, whether it's preparing your food with a food mandala, they call it, where you're, you know, making a pretty decoration with your food and you start from the center and you work around the edges. But a daily meditation practice is so, so important. So what are some other the other specific things in your book besides mindfulness and meditation and breath work that um, we haven't talked about today? Sure. So my book is from the female experience, which I know you appreciate too. I, I scrolled through your Instagram. You're, you're for all the genders. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I really wanted to use the philosophy of the Tao because interestingly, the Tao Te Ching, which was written in 6th century BC China, so it's really old. It's actually the second most translated book in the world after the Bible. Uh, it has never really been processed by a woman. So there are, there's men that I really admire, like Wayne Dyer, the spiritual teacher, Wayne Dyer. He wrote Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, based on his experience with the Tao. I really wanted to look at it from a female perspective. And one of the things I write about is the pressure that we as women experience from external voices, but also internal voices to be perfect, to be, to look perfect, to have the perfect body, which I know is part of the work that you do is help people get into their best shape, which is not about exactly how their body looks. Uh, that's, that's one of the things, but the other pressure is to be the perfect mom, to be the perfect wife. All of these pressures are, very detrimental. And this is why there right now there's a lot of problems with Instagram, for instance, when they see how it affects the self-esteem of young girls. Uh, I had those problems. I had developed an eating disorder as a teenager. And for me, a lot of it had to do with magazines back then. So I had really related. I actually did an interview um, on the news a few weeks ago about my experiences and the internalizing of external messages. And so I talk a lot about that in the book because I think that if people are able to connect to their inner voice, it will change their life. To me, there's no other more. And like you said, I know that you have this practice of connecting with yourself. I know the reason I'm so passionate about my book and about this message is many people live lives of quiet desperation. I see it all around me. I'm more closer to the middle age bracket at this point. I turned 40 a few months ago. So I see it and I see it even whether people have money or no money, it's whether you've achieved certain things or not. Many people live lives of quiet desperation because they're not living their own life. They're living life based on the messages they internalize, maybe from society, maybe from magazines or from social media or from their parents. So there is no other life-changing behavior that I know of that can work as well as getting still and connecting with your own inner voice. And I just want to get the importance of that across. If, however you can do it, if you, if you take, start taking walks and talking to yourself and listening to, to yourself, if you start journaling, if you start meditating, when you connect with your voice and you're able to lower the volume on the external noise, your life will change. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And and do you, can I ask you a question? 
more towards that. If you were to block out all the external factors, whether it's Instagram, social media, the news, yada, 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 and you really sit with yourself and you have in your calendar to do nothing and you sit there and you're becoming more hyper aware of your thoughts, is it? It, are are we supposed to create dialogue with ourselves or are we supposed to try to, and I know we're not, we don't want to create resistance, or are we supposed to try to drown out the monkey mind and get rid of all those thoughts? Because I know it's like two kind of polarizing ways of being conscious. And I actually have a little bit of inner struggles with this. Like, should I be talking to myself and responding to myself or should I just be trying to just black out those thoughts completely? That is such a good question because, so first of all, the Tao Te Ching, this is my little copy, tattered copy. The Tao Te Ching is just a book of paradoxes. And that's why initially when you first read it, it can be very confusing, but all of life is paradoxical. All of life has mixed messages. And in the spiritual realm, which which I've been in for a while, it's definitely confusing, right? Meditation, you're supposed to just become nothing, right? Become one with everything, one with nothing, which is the same thing. But then how are you supposed to also listen to yourself? So one of my rules is for meditating, because I would also, I would find it hard to just stop my thoughts. I take time to de-emphasize my thoughts. So I, you kind of watch them on the screen and I've never been able to, a uh, few times, but I've rarely able to completely stop my thoughts. Uh, I think that's fine. I think also the more we should on ourselves, the harder time we have. There's so many shoulds in life. So true. But I think that for me, meditation is about getting still and connecting with yourself. And then, then it's a good practice. So meditate, then journal. Mm -hmm. Or I know that some people like to come into a meditation with their problem, with whatever in life that they're working on, that they're seeking a solution to. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of comes. And if you have never done it, right, it's very hard to describe how solutions just sometimes arise from nothingness, <laughs> but they do. So true. So true. Going into a meditation and then afterwards journaling, I can see why that would be a good process. You know, because when we sit there and we meditate and we have these thoughts of, Zach, you got to answer your email. Zach, you shouldn't be just sitting down doing nothing. There's plenty of work to do. Zach, you have to go to the bathroom. Zach, you're, you're comparing yourself to someone. I'm like, hey, I see that thought. I'm aware of that thought, but I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm going right back to my mantra or I'm going right back to the sound of my breath, right? Or I'm going right back to this guided meditation that I'm listening to on the app. And afterwards, you know, whether it's sitting down for 20 minutes in the first 19 minutes, I'm just struggling with the monkey mind, but then I have one minute of no mind, like just complete mind gap where I'm just looking at the back of my eyelids. Like that's all I'm doing. I'm just looking at the back of my eyelids. That's such a good feeling. And then going right from there, transitioning into writing down my thoughts with kind of a blank slate. I could definitely see how that would be a good process. I'm going to have to incorporate that into my morning routine. It is great. And sometimes just even free writing because you you don't really know what to say, but your inner self may know what to say. And I love that you said it really just takes a moment of the, as I did say, like, I, it's hard for me to stop my thoughts, but it doesn't, you don't actually need to stop your thoughts for very long. When you enter the no mind arena, there is actually no time. So all you need is a moment because then time ceases to exist. No time. And that that's a whole nother conversation. We can talk about time and space forever, <laughs> right? How it doesn't actually exist. Yeah. 
time and space does not exist because all we ever have is the present moment. That's right. Albert Einstein said it's just a, it's just a very, I forgot the exact quote, but it's a highly accepted illusion. Mm-hmm. It's just an illusion, yep. right? And and that's where spirituality and science and religion all come together is the whole universe, space and time type things. Because we don't know where the universe started and we don't know where it ends. And if we don't know where something starts and we don't know where something ends, we can't really judge time and space. Well, it's it doesn't- not linear, right? It's not linear for sure. No, it's not linear for sure. And we experience the past in the present. We experience the future in the present, right? So we're always in the present moment. And it's just re- really like, it's kind of like a mind screw. I mean, I read a ton of books on Joe Dispenza and, you know, oh, conscious- oh my, my, he's my favorite, my favorite, right? Um, but his meditations are awesome, right? Incredible, They're- right? I've actually I did the uh, the heart coherence meditation on YouTube for like forty five days in a row. It was amazing. But I, I recently read a Stephen Hawking book, A Brief History in Time, right? And it is very a lot of science there. And I was going to say that's very cerebral and good for you. <laughs> yeah. Very scientific, um, but it's it's just super interesting. It's just super super interesting, and it, it helps break down the beliefs that religion is secular, right? Like, oh, you're telling me that you know, this is your religion and you're right, but they're wrong? Like, what? No, yeah, that religion, religion, I think, I, I like to think that all religion stems from a good place, but unfortunately, people ruin religion. People ruin religion. And right. that's what, so the Tao Te Ching, it's actually, the Taoism also became a religion. That's not what I talk about. To me, it's a philosophy. What I love about it is it asks nothing of you. It doesn't say you have to be a vegan or you have to be this or you have to be that. It's really, here's a philosophy that can help you live a more centered life. And guess what? When you're your authentic self, that's when you can actually achieve happiness. You can't achieve happiness by all the external stuff that you chase. Right. Right. Because when when you need nothing, you have everything. That's exactly, you know, it says... It says, when you dwell in contentment, the whole world belongs to you. This is directly from the Tao. And I was, I would struggle with that. I have a chapter in the book called Manifestation, which is a play on manifestation, uh, because I think one thing modern talks about manifestation, forget about, is we also need to be able to step away from our wanting. When you're, tr- when you're so wanting so badly all the time, it's a really harder place to create from. It's like pushing a boulder up a hill because you're not aligned with the very thing that you want. But when you dwell in contentment, as the Tao says, when you dwell in contentment, things happen easier because mm-hmm. you're there. You're good anyway. You're good. You're good. It's a place to be. <laughs> Just like manifestation, the only way to manifest is to live and believe and most importantly, feel as if you already have what you want. Absolutely. And, but you know what? We want what we want because we want to be happy. So if you already feel like you have what you want, you're already happy. Just, just find a way to be in that right. good place, right? You already have what you want. Yeah. Like, mm. um, and, and listen, I'm human like everyone else. And you said, you said at some point that, you know, you got to remind yourself, I'm not Zach. I'm not this body. I'm not this, you know, and, but it's interesting because we're both, right? We're like spiritual gods, really. We have, we have, I like to think of God as not just an external 
It's an external and internal experience. Um, Tao translates as the way. And I like to think it, it helps me to think of God or spirit or the universe as a verb versus a noun. It's a constant action. It's a constant becoming. So that's on one hand, that's what we are. We are this everything. But on the other hand, we're just these physical limited beings. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay because as physical beings, we can experience jealousy. We can experience discontent. We can experience. So as long as we take the time to realign with our non-physical, our spiritual selves, we'll be all right. Mm -hmm. Well said. Jesse, thank you so much for your time today. Everyone, pre-order your book now. Don't just sit there, do nothing. It comes out March 1st, 2022. Yes, and you can find all the information about it on jessiekanzer.com. Uh, it's J-E-S-S-I-E-K-A-N-Z-E-R.com. Or you could just go don't just sit there, do nothing.com. And all the pre-order information is there on Amazon or an indie bookstore, whatever you want, it's all there. Perfect. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, go ahead and visit jessiecanzer.com. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for sticking around to the end. I'm going to drop all the links to Jessie's website and her book below. Jessie, thank you so much again for your time today and have an incredible weekend. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye-bye.